feel that way, Scott. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Maybe Next Year, the barely clothed podcast that is here uh, despite a destroyed laptop. My name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. And much like the defenses of both games, um, my laptop had a dishwasher dropped on it. And so uh, we're, we're recording this under the auspices of, of hoping this is the last thing it'll do before it goes to Best Buy. Um, but the, the, the bills uh, came out on top, having repaired the dishwasher. Um, this is all part of the Twitter story that happened Sunday morning. Um, but, but they come out. They, 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 they win 35 to 32 uh, in a very even-keeled, nothing-to-see-here, uh, back-and-forth game um which is what paul saw because paul of course um saw the game uh most recently so i'm gonna go to him first for his 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 thoughts on this ho hummer of a football game yeah la la bored and boredom yeah boy this was was something else when i initially watched the uh, to give the quick background as everyone knows frank ran twitter on sunday thank you frank very much for that uh wife and i were moving into a new apartment here in dc so that's done. So I saw initially saw the last 15 seconds of the game just in time to see a Bills kickoff and a crazy Sorry, ramp. just really quickly, Paul. Mm-hmm. Unlike other podcasts that have people move, we still put out podcasts. I'm just <laughs> going to I'm just going to leave that there cuz some people seem to really struggle when they have to I don't know, move. Yeah, Continue. I don't know, maybe podcasts that rhyme with like Mills and Mears. I I don't Mills know. And- Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, all right. Um, but yeah, so it was, uh, you know, so I watched the last 15 seconds, then I watched the highlights, and I finally got around to watching most of the game yesterday, though I did skip portions so I could get ahead of it. Boy, what a, there's so much to unpack here. I don't even know where to start, really. So I guess I will just focus on the defense. I'm going to be the negative guy this week. So. This is, we saw, I think this is the first time, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, where you've seen Tremaine Edmonds on the field and just really struggling uh, game in, game out. There were some times his rookie year in a game against the Patriots where he got pulled out of position a little bit. They were taking advantage of his aggressiveness, but those were rookie mistakes. This was Tremaine Edmonds not looking very good. And they, they said after the game, he really had to gut through. I'm guessing the shoulder injury is still a problem. I don't know if this is going to have an impact in the long term. I will give the defense a semi-pass on this game because this is probably one of the three or four best offenses in the league. I would not hesitate to say uh, one problem being that they will be playing the best offense in the league in about two weeks. So that's that's going to be concerning when that comes to fruition. The Cornerback situation, we talked a lot about Levi Walsh in the outside number two corner previous weeks. Teron Johnson's a good tackler, but they picked on him like crazy this week, just as we'd seen them do to, as we'd seen Miami do to Levi Walsh the week before. So now you're looking at a situation where the Bills really have to look at cornerback depth. We do have some good news on Josh Norman we'll talk about later. So maybe that will help. But this is there's a formula on the table now for how to attack the Bills defense and i think that is going to be problematic down the down the road they did force some turnovers that was a good sign to see uh but there are some concerns on on that front going forth so since i i missed the game uh live my punishment is i can't talk about any of the positives on offense in my first go around so i will see the rest of my time to to scott 
I mean, uh, that's going to be uh, interesting. I don't know that we're going to keep that as a thing. Or like, if you miss the game live, because I'm going to miss like all of the live games that happen after. I was going to say, right. Scott's about to miss like four games in a row. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, because we're 425 Sunday, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. No, it's that, and then and then the Chiefs game after that, and then yeah, exactly. So it's going to be a bit of a mess. That's all right. We'll figure it out. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, this was. Um, I was I was late getting to this game because because I just work stuff, and then uh, the stupid like the NFL and its never ending quest to destroy any fans who want to watch their team's football games um, continues to find success even overseas. They've opened a new front here in England. I'm pretty sure a year ago I would have been able to buy Game Pass over here and watch all the Bills games, but then this year they started yes a new Sky NFL package where you get like the best game of the week at the one o'clock and four o'clock and then the Sunday and Monday night games. And then they will black out your team. If you have game pass and you're one of your teams is playing in those games, at least in the one o'clock game, um, which was super frustrating, but luckily there are illegal streams, which I'm going to use NFL as long as you continue to block things out for overseas people who paid for game pass. Anyway, rant over. Um, I joined the game kind of midway through the second quarter. Um, yeah, I mean, it was definitely, you know, it felt... I would like to talk briefly about the the interception play. I think that one, it's weird to put a lot on that, but it did kind of feel like there was just a series of unfortunate events that all came together in that one play. There was, an, um, you know, Allen... He played great the whole game with, as usual, four or five kind of critical exceptions. Um, that was that was one of them in, in, in the sense of I'm about to get sacked. I'm going to throw this ball across the field uh, with maximum velocity and way up into the air into double coverage and hope something good happens. Um, followed then by Tyler Croft. I think that was who it was, right? Trying mm-hmm. to push off. Yeah, it's always of, Tyler Croft is the answer to anything that happened in for this Rams game. game. Exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, followed by him pushing off, followed by him then catching the ball, but then him losing the ball when it kind of came down, but not really. And then the ref ruling that as like an interception and then it getting challenged and still over like just like the like. The was a, listening to a podcast today about like randomness and why like bad things happen and how much of life is random, um, which is super depressing. But it is uh, that was a lot of things had to go wrong on that play to end up with that kind of thing. And and it is kind of like Allen did seem a little bit more rattled than normal going forward after that until basically he got his shit together on the last drive. Um, and obviously he nailed it. I mean, that was it. That was he was. I mean, even well, again, not a perfect last drive. You usually don't start with like a huge sack and then another fucking lateral to the side um, to a player who's not expecting it after the line of scrimmage has been <laughs> breached. I thought in the Houston game we figured out that no one thought that was a good idea, even if he said it almost worked. And I'm pretty sure Frank said that it almost worked. Yeah. Um, I just really need to stop doing that, but – you know, he still got it done. Third and 22 to Beasley. That was ridiculous. The... Was that drive the one where he also tried to rip off Aaron Donald's head? 
was in Aaron Donald, but it was. Oh, okay. It was one of the linemen on 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 the Rams where he yeah he successfully got a face mask penalty while with holding the ball in his <laughs> other hand, which again tells you something about his ball security if he's got so much um you know range of motion that he can he can right. get a penalty. Also, with also one tells hand. you about his ball security to have the balls to hold a football in one hand while flailing a defensive lineman around by the face mask with the other. I was almost I almost struck my laptop with that with that uh, that that right there, Paul. Oh, right. Paul's security. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that that whole kind of anyway, I, I mean, obviously, like if you were like uh, Joe Schmo, Chicago Bears or whoever fan just tuning into that game for whatever reason, like um, I'm sure that was a load of fun. Um, but for for me, like, I don't I don't know how many more of those I can do. That was that was rough. But. Credit to Allen. Got it done. And, uh, yeah, the defense. Uh, it's been a couple weeks in a row now where we've seen some 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 kind of um, uh, softness to it, and it was definitely exposed on Sunday. I'm not quite sure how good the Rams' offense is. I mean, I'm, they definitely have talent. I mean, obviously, Cup's good, and he's he's an overmatch against Johnson. But, um, you know, that's, that's – uh, we, we got problems – if they don't figure that stuff out quick. Um, I mean, I think Allen's can, can win these games for a while, but it is, it's, you know, it's like anything else. If you only have one way to win, then you're not giving yourself a lot of chances. So that's it for me. All right. All right. All right. All right. Am I taking Am I- crazy pills? Are you both fucking kidding me with this? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Are Okay. They scored 35 points. They, Someone's got to do the negative stuff, Frank. We're just- no, there's no negative stuff. There was no negative stuff. And this is, this is your my face position. turn segment? Man. No, this, well, this is whatever you want to call it. This is the truth, my friend, because the entirety of Paul's analysis, and I love you, Paul, but the entirety of Paul's analysis is based on the last 19 years of Bill seasons, wherein you were trying to get a defensive stop so you could win the game 19 to 16. That's not how football is played anymore. If this game had gone back and forth, 7-7 and then 14-7 and 21-7 and 21-14 and 21 and 24, and they they worked their way up back and forth that whole way, then nobody would bat an eye. Everyone would go into that game and say, yeah, you know what? The Rams are a good football team. They score a lot of points. They have an incredible wide receiving core. Of course they score 28 points. And how great is it that we can score 35? And the fact that it, it it bunched up in two different spots is just to borrow Scott's position. He wasn't trying to make this point, but like that's the randomness of the universe. Sometimes you get all your points at once. Sometimes it goes back and forth. Um, I tend to believe that for what it's worth, I obviously can't prove it. But if if the if that Uh, interception is not called an interception. I think the bills are still moving the ball or at least punted away. And it doesn't quite get as crazy as it does. I think that's an impossible thing to prove, but I do think that there is something to the idea that they were a bit rattled that um, the, the, the Rams decided to wake up and all that. And then to have Scott say, well, you know, also not a perfect last drive. Are you fucking. (laughs) Uh Oh, did Frank go out when he said that? I guess so. Frank. Yeah, I mean, I think the internet decided that Frank Frank's Frank's take was a little too hot. Yeah. Are you kidding him me? On Am I out? 
Now you're back. Not second anymore. Now I'm back? Okay. Yes. Yeah. All right. Okay, sorry. Are you kidding me? Because it was a perfect – they scored the touchdown. So it was, by definition, perfect. They won it. <laughs> never, never stop throwing that stupid lateral if the guy's there and can catch it. Never. Here's the thing. I saw some story about Lamar Jackson – and, and somebody like Brian Greasy was saying, well, you know, he needs to put a little more touch on the ball, et cetera. And it's like, dude, that guy was the MVP of the league last year. OK, he's don't change anything about Lamar Jackson, even if you think he can do some things better or whatever. Josh Allen is Josh Allen. Josh Allen is the guy. Grant had this on Twitter. He's like, well, it was kind of a questionable toss up to the to the tight end that led to the interception. OK, but you know what? Josh Allen is Josh Allen. That's part of the package now. You're either in or you're not. And that's what Josh Allen does. Josh Allen is going to throw that lateral. Josh Allen is going to throw that ball up and give his tight end a chance to catch it. And if it wasn't for an insane referee, it's at, you know, it's, it's, it ought to be just a, 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 you know, a, a penalty or a, a catch. I mean, the, the Croft gets both hands on it. You know, Croft also like without like, you know, the last touchdown play, like that's an insanely good throw that is like in one place that the tight end can reach it. And to me, like, you know, there is it's nothing. It's a good tech catch too, not to interrupt, but that was just a great catch. It was. Of course it was. Of course it was. But it's also, you have to, when have we had quarterbacks and wide receivers that, that have trusted each other in this way? And that like, and like, you can see it on the field that it's not just like, an insane throw. It's like guys are there and they know what's happening and that's the offense. And yeah, did the defense give up 28 points? Well, guess what? This to me in any other year is a game that the Bills lose 35 to 16 because the defense was going to give up those points. And instead, what we would be saying is, well, you know, maybe they wouldn't have given up quite so many points if the if the Bills had moved the ball. And And, you know, is it weirdly frustrating that they couldn't like put their foot on the necks of 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 the the Rams, yes. Is it also true that the Rams like have an incredible, incredibly talented team, and like Aaron Donald is like a a a single man wrecking crew? Of course he is. So to me, like the fact that you get a win out of that game, however it happens, they scored more points than the other team in a way that they have never really been able to do. This is almost better than them, like like destroying the Rams and winning the game. 32 to three or 32 to 13 because they really had to step up and do it. And, you know, so to me, like criticism of the defense, sure, I guess, but like really like, I'm just looking at it. Like that's the Rams. That's what the Rams were going to do. That's what we all thought the Rams were going to do when they came in. And so now you can't turn around and say, well, I can't believe we let the Rams do that. Give me Josh Allen. Give me the gunslinger. Fuck it. If the defense gives up points, this is, you know who my, you know who my backup quarterback is for next week? It's Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs scoring another fucking touchdown. That's my cornerback. All right. I would say do a mic drop, but I'm worried that it would cause. No, I've already dropped out. the laptop and I, I can't <laughs> drop anything else. This clown, I don't believe it. <laughs> this Come is, on, this man. This is unpodcast-like. Did you, um, <laughs> did you just shut up over there, man? <laughs> um. No, I'm going to I'm going to push Your back. Your 2 minutes is up Apple. No, never mind. Go ahead. I know. No. Right. I don't want to talk over when I don't get my Scott, point made. Scott wants the rock bottom and the people's elbow. All right, bring it. Come on. No. I Okay. I was this is 
did anyone read Peter King's column on Monday where he interviewed Josh Allen after the game? I did not. Okay. In that interview, Peter King talked to Josh Allen, and Josh Allen said that all that he has done since he has gotten into the league is try to get better at doing his job and that he is trained in the offseason to get better, to throw more accurate passes, to not make dumb decisions. He has evolved as a passer, and therefore he has gotten better. He needs to continue doing that, and that's why he's gotten better and here scoring more points because he's not making as many stupid decisions. He's still making enough of them that it gives me a heart attack, and if there wasn't a fourth down pass interference call with 10 seconds left, we would have lost the freaking game. Yeah, so don't freaking held him without Josh Allen. No, 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 no. If they hadn't, if they hadn't held him, there wouldn't have been a pass interference call. And you know what? If you didn't have such an aggressive quarterback who was throwing the football so often, maybe you don't get that. Maybe you don't get that call. Maybe because it's sort of a stodgier passing offense, the refs not looking as closely as to what what's happening. But you know, it, it should have been defensive holding. There's no evidence for anything. Well, it's all speculation, Scott. Like, if, like. I mean, like, I'm pretty if, sure if, if they if, don't lose, if if they don't call that pass interference, we're going to lose the game. That is, yeah, that is, yeah, but you're seeing that like, like it wasn't pass interference or that good, te- that doesn't happen to good teams. It, I'm, 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 I'm saying it happens. That it happens, happens sometimes. Good. It happens. Yeah, okay. It happens all the time. It happens both ways. I'm not denying that. And we got a bad one on us earlier in the game. Sometimes they even out. But I'm just saying there are to say that. He doesn't need to get better, that we don't need to worry about trying no. to figure out these flaws. Like, literally, that's what Alan was saying in the interview was, I still have more work to do. There's still flaws I need to, to iron out of my game, and I need to okay. get better. Does he want to get better and can get better? Sure. What I am saying is, don't beat the good out of him just to get rid of the bad. And and to me, like, give me the guy who 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 wants to go schoolyard and, and, and can make a play, like— I don't know if you looked at the lateral, but there was no one else there. And if he catches that ball, he makes one guy miss, and it's a touchdown. He was there. Is it a little, like, unorthodox? Absolutely. But you know what? But that's who he is. That's who he is. Don't make him have to be somebody else. If you want him to keep his feet on the ground, if you if he can learn something about composure uh, in, in some of the tighter situations, like, of course he has things he can grow and learn at. But don't. Don't try and make him something that he isn't. What he is right now is a 1,000-yard passer with 10 touchdowns. I don't need anything else. Like, he can keep doing that every three games and be the single best passer in Bill's history, in probably NFL history, And if, if he did that. So just keep doing it. Yeah, I think Paul? I – this was – it's such a weird feeling because we have – I think the reason Scott and I might come off a little more negative is only because this bar is now just so incredibly high. Like, I think we can all agree, like last year, the bar was a playoff game and maybe win a playoff game. They got one of those, but not two. I mean, we want this team within the coming seasons to win a Super Bowl. And you can say every team can win a Super Bowl. Technically, yes, but there are really only a few that can be elite. And I look at this team and think uh, my focus now is so much on. What do they have to do to win the Super Bowl? This was 
arguably they've had a lot of exciting games in recent years, even with some some of the dud seasons. This was one of the most exciting games the team has ever played. This is a game that will be talked about like we talk about the 49ers-Bills 1991 game, uh, or 1992 game, excuse me, about the Patriots 2011 game, the first one. This is this is right up there, no doubt. Uh, I think, and and Scott pointed out about Josh Allen's development in the Peter King article. Stefan, they talked to Stefan Diggs this week, and he said they asked him about Josh Allen. He's like, he's and Stefan said something along the lines of, "We have our goal. Our goal is to be the best, and we have a long way to go." And he spoke of him and Josh as a unit, and. I'm kind of where Stefan Diggs is. And that's one reason I like Diggs game. Like he didn't celebrate any of his own catches on the field of play. He didn't celebrate others catches on the field of play, but every time the bills got in the end zone, he celebrated like crazy. And what I want to see is I want to see them, you know, complete, put them away, finish them 42 to nothing. win uh, one of these weeks Uh, still really though, Frank, I agree with 95% of what you're saying. Uh, for reasons to be positive, because you're talking about him being a thousand yard passer. You might remember Trent Edwards in 2009 uh, finished the year with 1,169 yards and seven touchdowns. Um, oh, excuse me, six touchdowns. I didn't give him too much credit. His career high was 11 touchdowns in 08 when he started 14 games. And Josh is about to surpass that immediately. So this is easily, if someone wants to disagree, they can, but I don't see how we could disagree that this is certainly the best bill's team of this millennium uh so my negativity comes more from them being like this is awesome but we need to win the whole damn thing and here's where we need to get better yeah i'll only just i'll leave it here i'll just say that last year the last two afc championship games which were presumably the great elite teams are playing 35 to 24 kansas city 37 to 31 new england like I, i think you just part and parcel like when you're playing another good team the answer is you've got to outplay them, you know, and the and the great defensive Jacksonville Jaguars of 2017 lost 24 to 20 because they couldn't find one more touchdown. So I think we have what we, it takes to compete with the right teams now, you know, and yep. so anyway, I'll leave it there. It's obviously three games in. There is much more of this season to 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 debate this and, and to see how it plays out. Um and I'm, I, I, you know, I'm certainly not saying they're going to go 16 to no this way, but I, I, what everybody else is seeing as a negative, I kind of, I'm ready to embrace as, as a whole. Um, but what I'm really ready to embrace is three stars with Scott, who I'm assuming didn't pick a lot of defensive bills. <laughs> Correct. There are no defensive bills. Um, good job by Levi jumping that route and getting that pick. Yeah. Um, and that's that's yeah, pretty nice much for right. him to get one yeah. back. Right? Leslie like, Frazier said up. last week after Levi struggled, like, well, he needs to make some plays. So teams stop doing that. And he's like, OK, that's what I'm going to do that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's it for the Bills defense. Um, there will be a Rams defensive player who we'll talk about shortly. Yeah, uh, there will be. The the honorable mentions, though, are are lengthy and numerous. Um, we can just go quickly. uh Daryl Henderson, uh, the running back for the Rams, 20 carries, 114 yards and a touchdown. That was one thing where specifically the Bills' run defense has been not kind of where it needs to be. Um, I had some very angry texts to the gentleman on on uh, Sunday about the $100 million that we put in the defensive line. 
but could not do one fucking stop in the second half. Um, so that was uh, a little frustrating, especially with, you know, the, the great terror of the NFC West, Daryl Henderson running right at them. Um, so, uh, but good game by him. Uh, good game. Good game as well for his, uh, for his, his running mates on the Rams offense, obviously Cooper cup and, and our old friend, Rob Woods, um, much love to him. Another good game for him. Um, obviously cup is a, is a mismatch in that kind of slot receiver role against most of the receivers he's going with, and that definitely hurt um, the Bills on on Sunday. Uh, moving on back to the Bills side of the offense, um, Devin Singletary with a nice game, 13 carries for 71, but also four catches for 50 yards. Him taking now the the with the majority of the running back snaps, um, you know, kind of a, a good balance in the offense for the most part, um, even with with Moss out. Um, Gabe Davis gets in our honorable mention because four catches for four targets and 81 yards. Um, when they were going hard after um, after Stephon Diggs to try and shut him down and had Ramsey on him, um, you know the other guys needed to set up, step up. So him and Cole Beasley. Um, Beasley obviously with six catches and 100 yards. Obviously the huge third and 22 on the last drive. Um, you know great great play by him. Um, and then we will get to I think that's all of the honor mentions. That was like five. Uh, Bahorquez, like hell of a yeah, pun. Booming Bahorquez. That's my name for him now. Seventy-two, no. and, and and yet the defense gives up a ninety-eight yard drive immediately. <laughs> right, it's just AJ Epinesa also AJ Epinesa also it's on, on the, the board. The sack, yeah, yes. Sack. So exactly. maybe not maybe a shout out more than a mention. Yeah, but. a shout out exactly. This is shout outs and honorable mentions. Um, another Bills defender who who made the statue. Okay, on to the real the real the real show here. Um, I have the third star as a Bills tight end. A shout out to Lee Smith for coming off mm-hmm. the bench. I think that was his first snap of the year. They said <laughs> it was. It was his yeah. only snap of the year. It was his only snap of the game and only snap of the season. This is one for. He's got the perfect stat line: one catch, one target, one touchdown, uh, one yard, for one yard. But <laughs> but, uh, but uh, hey, those are crooked numbers. We'll we'll take them. Um. And, uh, yeah, no, so that was nice. But the, the honorable mention goes to Tyler Croft, who had, again, a guy who had been, I don't want to say left. Sorry, hold on. The third star or the honorable mention? The third star goes okay. to Okay. Sorry. You uh, said honorable mention. Oh, okay. I was just probably, yes, I probably did. I'm on drugs. Um, <laughs> yeah. The third star probably goes to Tyler Croft. Um, again, a guy who is left for dead to a certain extent by to a certain extent, like the bills fandom out there. And uh, I don't think the coaches ever forgot about him, but obviously with the emergence of Dawson Knox as kind of a Rambo esque fan favorite, um, Croft became to a certain extent expendable, even though when we brought him in last season, he was going to be the guy to kind of take over the Charles clay role. Um, never quite lived up to that, but obviously um, two huge touchdown catches, uh, including the game winner um, with no time left. Um, uh, or with almost no time left at the end. So that was an excellent um, performance from him, and hopefully one that we can count on him going forward to be kind of that multi-tool guy as long as he can stay on the field, obviously injuries being an issue with him in the past. Um, second star goes to Aaron Donald, who, as I pointed out to Frank, I think, uh, and the guys on Sunday, like, someone should try to block him. Um, there was at least one point where... 
I believe it was a play action. And I think Dion, I think the play call was probably, you know, Dion sell the run action by blocking down on the guard rather than staying on Aaron Donald. And that was one where I'm going to go ahead and said Dion needed to kind of think through that decision-making plan. And um, maybe that wasn't quite the play call, but maybe to get more of a hand on him because Donald immediately tore through sacks, uh, Allen, you know, for like a 11, 15 yard loss or whatever it was. Um, it was pretty, he was, I don't want to say he, he was not the best player on the field because he didn't get the first star. Um, but he's certainly the best player on the Rams. This game would have been completely different if he was not, I mean, it, it, this would have been the 35, 14 blowout that we were headed for at halftime if he was not on the field. Cause he pretty much single-handedly slowed the bills offense down in the second half and let their offense get back into the game. Um, so yeah, Aaron Donald, uh, I, I should look up his stats here. Six tackles, two sacks and another for, for a TFL. Uh, but again, disruptive, disruptive the whole game and, and he's, he's good at football. Um, and uh, yeah. And then Josh Allen. The man, the myth, the legend. Um, I, 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 we've already talked a lot about him. I, en- I enjoy watching him play most of the time. He makes many great throws. Um, he was 24, 33, three, 311 yards, four touchdowns, one fairly questionable interception, um, and four, four runs for eight yards and another touchdown. So again, another, another, uh, another great game from Josh Allen. In this in this house in this house, Josh Allen still does not have an interception. So understood, understood. Those are two stars. Very good. Thank you very much. And um, yeah, there was a point in the first half where I was saying, well, you know, they were up twenty eight to three. I go, he might not get to three hundred because they might not need to get him there. He was at like one ninety eight, and and damn if he didn't need all three hundred and eleven of those yards, but he got him. Um, the uh, Titans have COVID, and not just the Titans, but they can't play the Steelers. And as of this afternoon, it turns out the Ra- the Raiders, who we do play this week, um, uh, were at a charity function without their masks, including former Bills Zay Jones and Tr- uh, not Trent Edwards, who was who's the shitty captain Nathan checkdown Peterman. Nathan Peterman. Thank you. Um, he he was at this party. Um, which Derek Carr went ahead and said, we're really sorry that we had our masks with that for, we wore our masks except for those very few minutes where somebody took a picture um, and, you know, they really sort of taken everything out of context. And I, to me, like, I'm just going to start off here and say, no, that's not a thing. No. Right. No, it's like, oh, there's, we're taking a picture. I'm going to take my mask off. That is not the, nobody, right. Right. If you're serious about the mask, then you're serious about the mask and nobody is like, it means you weren't serious about the mask. That that's just it. Okay. And like, there was also some stuff about like, they're not supposed to be at like one of these functions with more than 50 people anyway, regardless of whether they're wearing masks. So this is like new as of this afternoon, we will keep that um, in mind. I don't think they can be suspended or anything, but discipline certainly could be the, the, the talk of the day. Um, just to give you the notes on the Titans, it appears that their game against the Steelers will be played Monday or maybe Tuesday, provided they can get enough people who aren't testing positive before then. That's what they seem to be doing. So the Sunday game is out against the Steelers. Currently, eight Titans staff and players um, are ill. They, of course, play the Bills the following week. 
Um, so here you go. Uh, they play. They would have a short week based on whenever they play the Bills, because I think it's, I think it's, it's the Raiders this week, and then the Chiefs, and then the Titans, or is it Raiders Titans Chiefs? It's Raiders Titans Chiefs. Yeah, Raiders Titans Chiefs. So they they might have like a like a Tuesday to Sunday kind of deal, um, which of course you know, great. Can't wait to get that filthy disease ridden team over here. Um, sorry for my, my, uh, that, that was infective. I take that back. That's not nice. Um, but this is a great opportunity to sort of uh, talk about the Titans uh, specifically. If you guys know anything about, if there's any evidence about why or how this happened, uh, which I feel bad about, like we shouldn't be asking how people got sick in like an accusatory way. But like in this particular instance, I think it's okay because these guys are supposed to be, under very strict protocols, and, and and clearly that means something went bad somewhere, whether it was a small thing or a big thing. Um, and then just uh, your thoughts in general as the NFL braces for its first, um, you know, baseball did had this. Hockey and basketball, they kind of had a lot of it before their seasons really started and they went into their bubbles. But baseball certainly had one or two of these issues uh, at the beginning of the year. So, um Give us, give us your thoughts, Paul. Let, let's give Scott a chance to rest his vocal cords. Sure. This is, and I'm glad you brought up the other sports. I was more worried about COVID in the NFL for a while until I realized, you know, there is some flexibility here if the season needs to be extended in some way. From one perspective, you don't have the Super Bowl. is is not a big deal this year in terms of it. Like, up, oh, we're going to have all these hundreds of thousands of visitors from out of town. It's going to be this big media circus, this huge event. That is almost certainly not going to be the case. The TV schedules for Sundays, it's not going to interfere with any other sports playoff schedules if the season ends up going to uh, late February if they need to move games. You don't have to worry about ticket refunds if games get moved, you know, rescheduled, if games get switched around. All of a sudden, the Bills are playing the Chiefs in November instead of in, in a couple of weeks. So those are advantages that football has, which I think are helpful. And I'm also more optimistic by watching what's happened in other sports. Frank had brought up, you know, the NHL and NBA. They had some touch and go moments early on and they managed. I watched the Stanley Cup finals. I mean, wow, this is high quality hockey. They play so much better when they have several months off after the season. (laughs) And, you know, it was and there were no issues. It was weird to have everyone cheering after everyone scored and the horn going off after everyone scored since there was no real home team. But, you know, that that went fine. Baseball, which handled it like a total shit show, if you ask me. They're still in the they're in the postseason right now, except for the Cardinals getting in with playing fewer games. And this I think baseball season is the biggest asterisk at this point, to be honest, because mm-hmm. you played such a small percentage of games. You changed the rules for extra innings. You changed the rules for double headers. You did all of these things to kind of navigate through this. But I think I like the fact that a big deal is being made out of what's now four cases of players and five cases of non-player personnel with the Titans, because that means they're taking this seriously because it's not like, Oh, well they're asymptomatic or, Oh, it's only, you know, four people's only X amount of teams. Like, okay, we're postponing this game. And uh, it it gets people's attention. And yes, I, I don't, I don't mean to be, you know, judgmental of the Titans players who got it because 
they might have been they might have been taking every precaution, just gotten had bad luck and gotten exposed or been environment with a relative, uh, with a spouse that they didn't realize had it, whatever the case may be. Um, but this is what it's going to be if you know people get get COVID. They're going to move games around. They're going to make this work, and players are not going to want to do that. So, but they agreed to it as part of the uh, startup plan. So I think we're going to see them being, you know, precautionary. And I think it's a good sign for the season uh, that it did, it did hit week three, like we all three of us guessed it would, but it's not hit on quite the level I was worried it it might. And so here's hoping they handle this properly. And we're not looking back a month from now on the season that could have been. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, literally, it was just that that was like I was talking about, like the the randomness of life. Like it's it's a uh, it was a hidden brain for those of you who enjoy um, other podcasts about things that don't involve Bill's football. Why I don't know. I guess you can't listen to this podcast more than probably four or five times a week. But anyway, if you enjoy thinking kind of podcast, that one is a one where they have the. Um, you know, they talk about kind of mental thoughts and stuff and that this week's was about, you know, it is the the hindsight bias of something exactly like, well, four people on the Titans team and five others on their program got infected with COVID. Therefore, they must have done something wrong to get them COVID and not follow protocol or done something because that results led to that rather than um, just stuff happens. You have no idea whether the Titans actually are following the protocols any better or worse than any other team. Um, all we have is a bunch of kind of anecdotal data points, um, and none of them are probably really probably statistically significant enough at this point to prove that any one team is better than any others at this point. Um, obviously, like at some point, those kind of things will become more clear. If obviously the Titans have like three or four more outbreaks this year, we'll know that, okay, maybe they do kind of have some uh, discipline kind of, uh, problems to a certain extent, but I don't think you can cast those kind of aspersions based on that for now. And ultimately they're the ones who are going to have to play. They're going to ones, I mean, in, in they're going to have to be the ones who are the biggest, um, consequences will face them because they're the ones who are going to have their schedules all thrown off for at least kind of a week or two. Um, yes, it will affect other teams, but they're the ones who are going to have to have the most scrutiny on them. They're going to have to deal with the media questions. They're going to have to probably deal with an extra round of testing and everyone extra up in their business for the rest of the season. So, um, you know, hopefully that'll be it for them because obviously I don't want to see anybody get sick. Um, and, you know, whatever the consequences are, hopefully they are minimal. So, um, but yeah, I mean, so I, I think the point of saying that they're, they're going to face the consequences is that ultimately – you know, if you can't take care of yourself because it's your own self-interests, then you're the ones who's going to bear the consequences the most, most of the time. Yes, it's also going to affect other people. And that's why you also need to do this kind of take the precautions that everyone is um, to the best you can because of that. But uh, at the same time, you just can't assume that, um, you know, that everyone's not doing best they can. Sometimes life just sucks and it's random and bad stuff happens. Uh, speaking of bad stuff happens, too bad for the Reds. Go Braves. Yeah, I see that. I see that. Um, B. Jenks on Twitter. Zay Jones was also there maskless, but no need to worry about him catching anything. Um, yeah, that's a joke. But um, And 
uh, since we're on the Twitter page here, um, Ryan asks, did anyone else get that particular, oh, no, not again feeling when the Rams went ahead in in the fourth quarter? Um, will he ever lose that feeling when momentum shifts late? Um, yes, we all did. No, you ever won't. And that's just probably not just Bills fans. I think anybody who leads the, loses the lead late in the fourth quarter probably going to feel feel pretty bad. I would say the only fans that 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 don't feel that are probably Falcons fans because they just know it's going to happen. Right, because it did right. again this week. No they, I they, when I plugged in my TV, it was the I knew the Bills Rams would be local because I was following along on the walk back from the U-Haul station. Screw you, U-Haul. We'll talk later. Um, so I was walking back. I'm like, this has got to be the local game because it's insane. So I plugged in the the antenna and it was a local game and I watched the end of it. Then it cut to Bears Falcons and holy hell, I'm like, well, the Falcons aren't gonna blow. Oh my lord! And watch them blow it again. So uh, that was just the Falcons, man. Remember when it was good to be Falcons fans and bad to be a Bills fan? Did you guys, did you guys, yeah, see the stats really on the 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 Falcons, like the 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 win probabilities, like how it all adds up. Like they had a 99.9 percent chance of winning that Dallas game last week. And they had a 99 point, I think it was like 0.5 or 0.3% chance of winning the Bears game. And so if you take those two one at a time, it's like, that's like a one in a thousand or one in 10,000. It might've been 99.99. I forget what it was. But basically it was like, it was a, yeah, it was a one in a thousand chance that you were going to blow that game and like a one in 800 chance. And if you put those two together the odds that you would have those in two consecutive weeks is like one in 160,000. And there have only been 14,000 NFL games played ever. And so therefore you could play this sport for literally another, you know, how long has the NFL been in existence? Yeah. 75. I think we're celebrating our, no, or is it the yeah, 100th anniversary? So you could play this for literally another, you know, 750 years <laughs> And the chances of you blowing two games with that high of a win probability in two consecutive weeks, that's how many times you'd have to play it to have that happen again. If it was strictly random, which it is not. They are cursed. Is it the 100th anniversary of the NFL? I think that's 100 years since the first Bears and Packers matchup. So, but yeah, but that was really the modern NFL, but whatever. Yeah, it's, it's something in like any that. event. Yes. It's, it's unlikely to happen again, unless they, I don't know, outlaw scoring in the fourth quarter by the team that's ahead for some reason. Um, that is wild. Wild. Uh, the bills would like uh, it if they outlawed scoring in the, th- the third quarter. Cause that's, that's, quarter. that's tend to have been the issue. That's another thing. Give me my sleepy third quarter. If they keep coming out with more points in the fourth quarter, at the end of the game, you they can have shitty third quarters as often as they want. I'm just going to put that out. I'm not going to be mad at them. Any game they win, I'm not going to be mad at them. I'm, I'm results-oriented now. Forget it. Um, the, the, the Bills, so it's Wednesday. John Brown did not practice. Deion Dawkins did not practice. Both injured. Everybody else did. So Zach Moss and the other guys that were sort of uh, banged up uh, in the game or previous did, uh, you know, and nothing seems to have happened to Edmonds and Milano after a game against the Rams, which is very good. Um, I think both of those are troubling given, you know, certainly my position that the offense is, is so important. Um, do you guys want to comment on these or do you want to, we've done listener questions. Yeah. Very, I mean, the only thing I, I want to, I think those, 
the injuries are a little more concerning this week. It's it doesn't you know it tends to get worse as the season goes on. Of course, we're gonna have to see. We didn't talk much about Gabe Davis, um, but you know he's a guy we expect to you know step up if John Brown is absent. And really, with John Brown being a heavy salary burden the coming seasons and season and next year's last year under contract, uh, this is a good opportunity for him to step up if if Brown is out. Uh, Micah Hyde, I'm going to look at Marlowe and Saran Neal if he's out. Ty and Secchi, I think, held up well, uh, you know, when I was watching the, the the last drive or two that he was in that game. Uh, is he Deion Dawkins? No, but I think, you know, considering how the rest of the Bills offensive line generally played that day, uh, he did fine. So I was, I was happy with that. And again, I just hope Edmonds is more back to normal, uh, soon because as i started the pod with i think his his not up to his usual standards performance definitely was a a reason the defense struggled as much as it did yeah i mean obviously they're they're concerning um hopefully i mean that's the thing about edmonds is that edmonds you could i think you could tell that the shoulder itself like the tackling was 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 hurting him and i think he was he was a half step slower or not Sorry. That was uh, me. Sorry. Uh, my wife's texting me. Um, okay. That's that's not yeah. the worst ringtone that could have played then in that case. Yeah. I mean, they get 50 worst ringtones that could have happened. Said, oh, that's um, yeah, so Edmonds, I think it's affecting him. Um, yeah, obviously. I mean, I think, I think in some ways we have wide receiver depth. So Brown, if he needs a little... Uh, you know, as long as it's not serious, you know, I think we can probably survive for a week or so without him. Um, we'll obviously see how this Raider games goes. It's going to be interesting. Um, and then, yeah, Dawkins, I mean, I think, you know, obviously, like, yeah, Inseki's good, but I think more, it's more now, of, again, a long-term <laughs> concern in the sense that we've already invested all this money in him now. And so, yeah, we're, we're almost guaranteeing that he's going to freaking get injured or something. Again, mm-hmm. there's that Bills fan thing in your head, just, just, uh, just effing with you. So yeah, just well, let's get let's move on to this day in Bills headlines, and then we will talk about the slightly favored uh, Bills as they go to Las Vegas, maybe to play the Ram. Ra- uh, sorry, the the Raiders, maybe. Yes, the old Vegas Raiders. So, uh, yeah, 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 I don't even know who's where anymore. It happens. So mm-hmm. September thirtieth is uh, this day in Bills headlines. We'll start off the usual warm up question and. Uh, I think we got some good ones in here, and I hope so, because it took freaking forever this week. All right. 2018, Bill's McDermott on blank. His actions spoke loud and clear. It says, blank quitting and retiring left the Bills in a precarious spot Sundays. They had only two healthy cornerbacks. McDermott said he and Brandon Bean will be discussing what they need to do to bulk up the position. That would be Vontae Davis. That would be Vontae Davis. Great, and I don't think I'll ever forget Vontae Davis. I, I want to quickly. I'm going to quickly Google and see if they made a Vontae Davis Bills jersey. Let's see if they have <laughs> still available. I uh, think we could play yeah. this day in Bills history. Thirty-nine ninety years. Yeah, we would remember. Forty dollars on Artfire.com for the red. Never, never. I don't think he ever played in a color rush game. Color Vontae rush, Davis. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, he, uh, yeah. For, Scott was about to say he's, you know, for the for, for playing one half of football for the franchise, he will never be forgotten in franchise lore. Yeah. You know what's funny? 
is at $40. His jersey is more expensive than like a CJ Spiller or EJ Manuel jersey or a Tyrod Taylor jersey, which you can still get on Fanatics because like they have them and, you know, you can't just throw them away. They're trying to sell them for like 12 bucks each. So anyway. All right. 2015 blank comma bills, meaning this player and the bills attend Mm -hmm. WWE's raw who would be heavyweight champ of the locker room. One day after being named one of the captains for the Buffalo Bills in their week three contest, Bills guard blank attended WWE Monday Night Raw from Buffalo, sitting right behind the announce desk. Unlike other Bills players who seemed to be just enjoying the show, blank looked like he was ready to party. The other hint I'll give you, 2015. The camera focused in on the Raw announce team and blank was caught in the back of the shot. What did the much maligned offensive lineman decide to do in that situation? Raise his giant beer like a true gentleman, of course. Michael Cole here, along with, let's see, 2015 would probably be before Corey Graves. It's probably Cole and the King, Jerry Lawler. Um, gosh, I don't know. I, I don't know. who. Focus on the term much maligned offensive lineman. Yeah, I mean, that's oh. tough. Because uh, he, So he would have been... 2015. Glenn would have been the left tackle, um, mm-hmm. right? And then who else was on that line? Probably Eric Wood would have been at center. Yep. And yep. Then, yeah. Yeah. Levitra yeah. would have still been there. No, Levitra was gone by then. Okay. Uh, it would have been some scrubs. Uh, who was rotating? Right, would have been there. This is. Who is, is I will. Say, I will give one more big hint. I think. The much maligned part has nothing to do with his performance as he did make Pro Bowls with the Bills. Oh, oh um, yes. Good old you. Richie. Everyone loves Richie, except Jonathan Martin. Um, all right. 2013. Why Blank is on track to win NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year? While statistics show Blank's contribution is on defense, one thing you won't find on the stat sheet is the presence he has on the field. The Bills have lacked a strong middle linebacker since the departure of Paul Puzzleczny, who is a tackling machine. Now they have one who can not only tackle, but make plays and force turnovers. Hashtag the legend of Kiko Alonso. It is indeed the legend of Kiko Alonso. All right. 2012. Blank to face Pats in debut for Bills. Blank's always risen to the occasion and never been rattled in pressure situations. I think he's going to step in and boom it 60 yards, said Tommy Atha, head football coach at Darlington High School, where Blank played. Brian Mormon? Nope. He was, uh, he did replace Brian Mormon and then was subsequently replaced by Brian Mormon when he underperformed. Um, played 18 games with Buffalo, 44.7 career average. And over 100 kicks total. Was his name like Drew or something? No, no, it's not. Depends on what you mean by life. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's a common name. It's 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 not a, you know, like a Steve. I don't know. I just feel like his name should be Steve. Steve Drews Drewson. All right, we'll give you the first name. It, it, It is Sean. Sean, yeah, yeah, it was definitely in that. I mean, those are all pretty <laughs> much the same name. Um, Scott, Scott, Paul, Sean, Frank, Frank, Drew. Drew. <laughs> Sean. I'm not going to get Sean. 
to that slappy Samsonite. Samsonite. Little remembered. Sean Powell. Sean Powell. Sean Powell. I do remember Sean Powell. Okay. All right. What an idiot. Almost had it. 2000. (laughs) Right there. 2007. Win comes at cost for Bills as injuries continue. And I wish like there would be some sort of bell go off because this is a twofer. We have two here, one of which is gettable, the other of which is not. So I'm going to hint that one into submission for you guys. Okay. The Bills' first win of the season also came at a cost. More injuries. Cornerback Blank's status is uncertain after he twisted his ankle in the first quarter of a 17-14 win over the New York Jets on Sunday. Adding to that, linebacker Kevin Harrison, blah, blah, blah. We don't care about these. Um, This cornerback, he was a Buffalo Bills third-round pick of the 2006 NFL draft uh, from Ohio State, born in Liberia. And he spent five seasons. Ashton Yabuti. Ashton Yabuti. Who knew it was the the country of origin that would do it, or, or the Ohio State part. All right, the second part of this. That's potentially more bad news for defense that has already had that already has three starters on injured reserve and was down to playing its fifth weak side linebacker blank against the Jets. So this linebacker was a Chicago Bears 2004 round four pick out of Maryland. He'd play eight of his 36 career games with the Bills. He a Terp, huh? I don't know. I will say this is the this will be the one hint you get. If he were a music fan, he might like the band who does uh, Sex on Fire, and he also might like the Rednecks' biggest hit. Um, the Kings of Leon, right? Mm-hmm. Mm, okay. Um, Leon, so Leon something or Miss, Mr. Leon? Leon is in the name. <laughs> Leon, no, not no, I was gonna say Dion Lacey, but that's not that's not the name. But Dion and Leon are not right. the same. The, the second part of it, is the the key is hit. He might like the Rednecks' biggest hit. The Rednecks being R E D N E X, uh, with this popular '90s song. Let's see the Rednecks. I uh, a Swedish I musical group originally consisting of Mary Jo, Bobby Sue, Ken Tacky, Billy Ray. You're just making Swedish. Up. You're, that's I'm <laughs> Rednecks <laughs> is a Swedish musical group originally consisting consisting of the lead singer Mary Jo, real name Annika Lusenberg. So they basically Thank took redneck okay. names. Now it's yeah. tracking. Got it. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I got nothing. Yeah. Well, if, I'd be interested if we could go through the depth chart. I'd wonder if we'd get to him, but I don't. I don't want to do that. Let's just get off off their albums, Sex and Violins. A number one hit in Sweden, uh, number one in the UK, number one everywhere except in the US, where it peaked to 25. Had it been for Cotton Eye Joe, I've been married a long time ago. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, that's the band that does Cotton Eye Joe? Yes, Leon Joe is the Bills player. Leon Joe. Nope. I hate the song Cotton Eye Joe, and I think less of people who like it. All right. I won't tell you about my midnight bowling story about that song from the late 90s. Anyway, 2002. Hang on tight for Blank's ride. Describing his decision to not bench Travis Henry following a fumble, many coaches would have benched Travis for the game, and understandably so. Blank, however, decided to give the second year back another opportunity. I wasn't going to play him, but I looked at him and said, I've got to give this guy a chance, he said. 
I have enough belief in him that he's going to come back. He'll be smart enough with the ball and won't turn over again. He'll give this offense his chance as a runner. Uh, that proved prescient. Henry would catch the game-winning touchdown in overtime, 33-27 to win over the Bears. And I will hint that this coach was not the Bills' head coach. He was a he was a Bills coach, but not the Bills head coach. He, he, he should probably still be a Bills. It should still be a coach of note. I'm thinking he is. Um, he's. Um, I will say this with the two. He was with the team for two seasons. He was fired uh, and was hired by another team, and he ended up being there for ten years. And he won multiple Super Bowls with that team as a coach. Hmm. So not Turk Schoner. Nope. The offensive running backs coach. I will uh, give a, a hint that might help put this over the top. If you guys have a long memories, he is famous for being punched by Buddy Ryan on the sidelines when they were both in Houston. Uh, Wade Phillips? Nope, nope. But no, Wade he was still on. He was on, and we didn't keep him as a coordinator. That wouldn't make any sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, uh, wouldn't it have was, been a, one of his own okay. kids. All right, no. I'll give a I'll give another hint. Uh, though if you type Buddy Ryan punch, it immediately pops up. I've noticed, but okay, um, he was the New York Giants offensive coordinator in their two Super Bowl wins over the Patriots. Kevin Gilbride. Kevin Gilbride. There we go. Mm-hmm. All right, 1996. Three to go. Uh, I'm gonna have to read some of these because, damn it, I worked hard to find these articles. Tough love, Buffalo Bills linebacker Blank is a monster on the field, but a pussycat at home with his family. It says the guy has been to four Pro Bowls, and he acts as if he'll be waived if he misses a practice. If I ever lay down on the football field, Blank told reporters last March, one of you guys get your hunting rifle out and put me out of my misery. He expects his teammates to have similarly stratospheric pain thresholds during camp. Defensive end Phil Hansen missed a few days of practice with a shoulder injury. Injury, Naturally, Blank sought to make him feel bad. What's the problem, he asked. It's my AC joint, said Hansen, referring to his left acromioclavicular joint. AC joint, Blank replied. You don't even need that thing. I had mine taken out, and I've never had a problem. This person almost certainly has CTE and is now. <laughs> it's like I kind of want to say. He's now an analyst for Fox NFL, actually. Oh. He is a pro bowler with the Detroit Lions. He played with them. Oh. Played with the Lions from '88 to '95 before his two seasons with the Bills. He's an Ohio State grad. Totally in the wrong era here. 96, uh, much of the article is about his family life, and maybe this will help too. It's kind of sad, but two years after this article was written, his wife uh, ended up discovering she had breast cancer. Uh, oh, the, the husband, Spielman? he was playing with the Bills at the time. What did you say, Scott? Chris Spielman. Yes, Chris Spielman. So Chris he, re- he decided to uh, give up football and stay at home with his, his wife and children, and that was it for Chris Spielman's career. Um, so, yeah. All right. 1991. Bills go snap and out pops a victory. This is how the Buffalo Bills score points, just like that. This is kind of appropriate for this week's game. Yeah. Uh, and so it hardly seemed to matter that they spent virtually the entire first half on their side of the field against the Chicago Bears. It produced little movement. We're trailing 6-0 in Battle of the Unbeatens for in a span of about 10 and a half minutes, the Bills, the NFL's highest scoring team, punched home 21 points to break the Bears and go on to a 35-20 victory. So it talks about the 21 points in the first stretch began with only 12 seconds left in the first half. And it said on the opening drive of the second half, a 91-yard drive, 
Blank recovered his own fumble in the end zone on fourth down for a touchdown. Is this a Super Bowl bill? It is like a eventually? Super Bowl bill. He played on, I'll try and get the years he was on the team. You you know the name. He's not he's not a Hall of Fame guy, but he okay. was a consistent performer for the team for one, two, three, four, five, six seasons from 1990 to 1995. Is this Don Beebe? Nope. I will give you a hint. It is uh, someone who would line up in the backfield. Line up in the backfield. Okay. Kenneth Davis. Good guess. He was actually someone I who scored a touchdown in this game that I almost used as the question, but I did not. But it's and it's not him. Okay. Um, line up in the backfield wouldn't be Thurman Thomas, obviously, because he's he's the Hall of Famer. Not Kenneth Davis. Maybe Carwell someone who would. Uh, yes, Carwell Gardner. Good job. Yeah, I was going through the names. I was going. To, that's tricky because I was. Yeah, he was, he was a fullback, but I always felt like he was on the line too. Like he was one of these hybrid backs. But anyway, yeah, he was yes. one of those guys who did more. He's like Lee Smith. Like he's technically a tight yeah. end, but when he's in there, he's there to block. Except of course on Sunday when he's there to catch touchdowns on fourth down. All right, last one. 1987, and I could tell a little story on this because I think it's funny. Uh, old Jets on field, new Jets off. So this is a New York Times article about the replacement players for the Jets who are then playing during the 1987 strike, uh, who they refer to in this article as the other Jets. Uh, in a sub-headline headline titled Two Buffalo Veterans, Veterans, the article states the following. The other Jets, the ones who will play Sunday, moved closer to respectability today by linking up with two veterans who were cut by the Buffalo Bills before the season began. Blank, a linebacker since 1979, and Ken Jones, a tackle since 1976. Blank was a cornerstone of the Bills' defense, but missed all of last year with a broken leg. Um, so he played one game with the injury replacement Jets and then two with the regular Jets. Started two games, had an INT and a fumble recovery, and that was it for his playing career. So he'd started... 87 games over seven seasons with the Bills. He was an All-Pro in 1980 and NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year in 1979. Uh, and I will tell a quick Fred Smurlis story about meeting him. Fred Smurlis says, I brought a girlfriend from Boston to spend a couple of days with me at Bills Minicamp. As we walked through the hotel where the Bills had all of their rookies and other out-of-town players staying, we ran into blank. He reminded me of a bird with his teeny head, long skinny nose, wide shoulders, and high-pitched voice. When I saw him later by myself, the first thing he said was, hey, your girlfriend has nice tits. Wasn't the kind of thing a 230-pound guy normally says to a 280-pound guy he doesn't know very well. They became partners in crime for Buffalo for many years. Silent. Fascinating story. It is. Uh, currently, Tennessee Titans inside linebackers coach, uh, known best as a defensive coordinator for four different teams, but he was also a head coach for six full seasons with the Saints and was an interim coach for the Rams in 08. And yeah, he actually I won this guy's football card. It's his name is Shane or Bruce or <laughs> something. <laughs> he won AP NFL Coach of the Year in his first year as an NFL head coach in 2000. Hmm. He's, uh, you'll know the name. I'm trying to think. Maybe I should give you the. You know, like I, I feel you will slightly kick yourselves if you don't get this one. Um, so yeah, I mentioned Titans inside linebacker coach, Saints from 2000 2005, Rams defensive coordinator, 
uh, Bengals linebackers coach, a consultant at Penn State in 2015, Washington football team's defensive coordinator for five years from 2010 to 2014. Huh. I don't know. Guy's just kind of kicking around. I don't know. All right. Well, I guess I, I ended with a stumper. The correct answer is Jim Hazlitt. Jim Hazlitt. Definitely not who I was thinking of. All right. Well, I, I rarely, I feel like I rarely stump you guys on the last one, uh, unless I cheat and give like a Mac Yoho type of name. Uh, well, so yeah. Jim Hazlitt's a name that we should have got. Like that's yeah. a. Right. We, we, well, the listeners, you tell us how many of those you would have gotten. I, I, I think that was, that was more of a challenge. All right. So that was uh, this day in Bill's headlines for September 30th. The Bills are slight favorites, and thank you once again, Paul, for, oh, you, Paul, for bringing us the best segment in all of Buffalo Bills podcasting. Um, the the Bills are slight favorites against the Raiders. I, last I saw, it was like two and a half, three points. It was it. It was like it was like margin of error, but they that they were the favorites. Um, and today, the let's see, sixteen players are on the injury list for the Raiders. Uh, not counting any of these people who were at a party who may test positive for COVID later this week. We'll see. Let's really hope they don't. I'm not wishing that. I'm just saying um, six players didn't participate, including uh, Damon Amede, uh, Trent Brown, Brian Edwards, uh, Rico Gafford. Let's see. Daniel Ross and Henry Ruggs. So that's defensive tackles. I hand three wide receivers, uh, uh, a tackle and a cornerback Um all not practicing for the Raiders. I think some of those are meant to be probably you're going to miss the game kind of injuries. If I remember it, I didn't really look very closely. Um, I don't know very much about the Raiders. I'll be honest. I don't know very much. I know that they're like two and one. Um, I know that Derek Carr is playing better than he had been, but he's still not necessarily playing like the Derek Carr of a few years ago. I know John Gruden is the coach. And that's what I know. And I know that they're somehow in, in Nevada playing football in Las Vegas. Um, I have no thoughts on this game. So I will turn to Scott, who I'm sure has an excellent understanding of at least the Wisconsin players that are currently on uh, the Raiders and can give well, us a little more information. Yeah, I know. This is this is Bill's West, of course, because, uh, you know, you know, if this oh, yeah. was a typical Bill season of the last, you know, 20 years uh, that remained a cursed franchise forever destined to walk the earth tortured by its memories um, then the game-winning touchdown pass would almost certainly be a backup quarterback Nathan Peterman coming onto the field to throw to uh, probably their number one receiver on Sunday Zay Jones Um, right that's that's, that's 106 106 receiving yards in one touchdown and Nathan Peterman you know three touchdowns 232 yards yeah, right. exactly. Um, and uh, but I, I would say there's probably not a huge chance of that happening. Let's let's hope so. Um, yeah, I mean, on uh, they, they're definitely more of an offensive kind of team. Um, they've beaten the the Panthers and the Saints um, with scores of uh, with 34 points each. Um, and then they also went to New England last week and lost 36-20. Uh, a game that that obviously the Bills are going to kind of watch as a as a bit of a holder with New England also two and one, but their only loss to obviously a extra super good Seattle team. Bills are going to have to play later in the season. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, there's certainly still some talent on this Raiders team. They are a little dinged up. I think the, the thing that concerns me the most with this game is uh, is Josh Jacobs. Obviously, the, the, the runner was a, a rookie last year, uh, now coming into his second year. Um, a guy who's going to be tough for this kind of dinged up Bill's defense to try and slow down, given that we had, again, trouble with the legendary Daryl Henderson um, last week. Uh, their line is is fairly decent, even with those dinged up tackles, Trent Brown and Sam Young. Um, the defense, you know, has a Clellan Farrell, who is the, the, the first round pick from a year ago or two years ago that everyone killed him on. Um, you know, a good pass rusher, but not a, a game changer. Um, Raekwon McMillan, the, the another kind of first round type Alabama linebacker. Um, but yeah, not not as much talent on the defense. So we're likely looking at another kind of shootout kind of uh, game. And I will go ahead and put this. I already picked it. Uh, I, I'll just let it ride. I'll, I'll I already picked the Bills to win this early on. I will say the Bills get to four and zero. I'll go ahead and say. You know, let's 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 uh, let's get nuts. They get to they get uh, I'll say 30, 38 points, 38, Eight. Uh, 38, 30. Uh, Bills over Raiders. All right. I we all did pick the Bills to go three and in the preseason uh, to start this. But I chickened out last week and picked the Rams. So these gentlemen are both three and right now. And I'm two and one in the picking. I agree largely with Scott. It is kind of. Bills West with Incognito and Zay Jones and Nathan Peterman and Nick O'Leary and other guys who are part of the drought ending 2017 team. They also have a punter named AJ Cole who really flamed out with the Washington Nationals, but is apparently doing well as a punter now <laughs> for the Oakland for the Las Vegas Raiders, excuse me. So yeah, this is I, I largely agree with with Scott. There's there they have some some players on offense that are going to pose a problem. Uh, Darren Waller has just been incredibly impressive. I, I watched most of that Saints game. Uh, they were churning right along, looked pretty good. But I think the Bills just have too much firepower. Even if worse comes to worse and all five players on their didn't practice list end up being out, I think there's just a little too much for the Raiders to control. I already wrote down my prediction before Scott did, and I also have 38 points, but I think the defense gets its act together a la like they did after two straight bad games uh, to open the 2018 season. And I will say the Bills win this 38 to 17. I think that I'm with kind of both of you guys. I'm going to keep this a win for the Bills. Of course, Josh Norman practicing this week may come back, may add some cornerback depth may just be an old man running around on the field. I don't know yet. Um, but I think that the Bills have the firepower, and I think if I was going to pick a defense to bounce back, it might be this one. Um, so certainly corner depth is an issue. But I think we're seeing some of what what the Bills are capable of, and I do think that there's enough firepower on the defense. Firepower is a weird word for defense. I don't think we ever really use it that way, but I'm using it that way. Um, I think there's enough talent on the defense to to have a good bounce back game, especially against what I am hoping is a very distracted and and um, bothered Raiders team that will now have to be dealing with a media circus all week about whether or not they have you know broken code protocol and what the right thing should be. And I'm hoping they're an- asking you know answering a lot of questions on that and it's interfering with their practice. And I think that they you know I don't know I think if you ask me who's going to be more prepared 
for this game. I think I'm going to give it to the Bills. I think the Bills have tons of talent. I Part of me was thinking that, you know, at some point, the offense has got to have a game that isn't quite as stellar as the ones that they have played previous. And I think that that, that might be this game. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to say the Bills win this game 28 to 17. I think it'll be a, I wouldn't call it a come down, but I think I'm going to say it's, you know, not quite, uh, doesn't need to be nearly as explosive as it has been. And I think that, you know, the Bills come out though, they're going to be 4-0. They're going to be first place in the AFC East, maybe even first place in the AFC by the time all that's done. And we will be talking about a bold new, um world for the buffalo bills if you want to talk about that world with us facebook.com bbillsmny uh just search maybe next year you'll find us uh you can also go to mny bills where paul will be on twitter or me i might just i i've logged in now so i might as well just pop in and fire off a tweet and then blame paul for it here and there <laughs> uh scott scott will be on the late shift the next couple of weeks as we have these four o'clock starts and these eight o'clock Thursday night starts. And so we will, we will see what Scott can do when it comes to watching the games. Um, but he will be prepared and full of analysis when, when, uh, when, when we call upon him, um, the game but does give me the, 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 the replays. So I will be able the to flexibility. All right. Well, we're going to have to talk about whether we're allowed to talk to you while it's happening or not. We'll see. Um, but in, in any event, if you have any thoughts or questions or comments about this, um, go ahead and hit us up. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening. Until next week when we're hopefully uh, talking about a 4-0 Buffalo Bills team. My name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. Good night, everyone. <laughs>